0: Welcome to the RD2B podcast. Each week, we sit down with a different registered dietitian nutritionist to showcase the diversity of opportunity in the dietetics profession. Our aim is to dismantle the notion that there is a traditional career path. I'm Carl Barnes, the registered dietitian behind the scenes of RD2B.
1: And I am Jenna Warnock, the RD2B host. Our RD guests share their
0: stories, career paths, and advice to help students like us succeed in the profession.
1: Welcome back to the RD2B podcast. I'm your host, Melissa, and this week we'll be chatting with Sammy Hupp, a dietetic technician registered and owner of Beta Carotene, where she helps busy moms prioritize their health and wellness. We'll explore Sammy's journey of becoming a DTR and discuss the path that led her to starting her own business. Thanks for being on the podcast, Sammy.
0: Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me.
1: Of course. I'm really excited about this episode in particular because it's kind of a first of its kind on our, our series. So um highlighting a dietetic technician registered. Um, so I know before you became a DTR, you were um, a hairstylist. So uh, I was. what inspired the transition transition into dietetics and going back to school
0: well I had a manager um that kept like promising me like false hope that she was going to um make me a manager um you know she kept uh giving me training um to be an assistant manager she kept telling me that um, you know, she was going to promote me. She was giving me um, job duties, just you know, giving me the skills that I needed to become a manager. Um, and during this time, I was also um, bettering myself. I was choosing a healthier lifestyle. You know, um, I was a smoker, and at this point, I was I was quitting smoking. So I had gained a lot of weight, um, which comes with a lot of, um, when you lose, when you quit smoking, you tend to gain weight, um, because food begins to taste a lot better. You get that sense back. Um, so I was transitioning to this healthier lifestyle. So, you know, I was getting, you know, upset with my boss because she was making these false promises with me. And I was like, you know, I'm going to go back to school and I'm going to, I'm going to find a different purpose in life. I'm not moving up in this career. You're giving me this false hope. So I'm going to go back to school and I'm going to find a new path. And I found a local community college um, here. I, I live in Ohio. So I found a local um community college that had a nutrition program. I knew nothing about diet techs or anything like that. I just knew that I wanted to learn more about nutrition, how nutrition, um, worked in the body. Um, I just wanted to know more. So I applied and I got in and here we are. Yeah.
1: So, um, yeah, working a, as a hairstylist, I did that as well um, before in the past, and it's it's very stressful, and it's very um, physically demanding, and I also went back to school after um, working in that industry for a few years. Um, but there's lots of um, parallels with hairdressing and um, nutrition, you know, the people aspect and taking care of people. Um, so Absolutely. you went to the um, community college. So there was a technical program for DTR. Um, Correct. What kind of rotations did you do? How
0: many hours do you have to have in like supervised? Or- so you have to have, for a DTR, you have to have 450 hours of supervised practice. Okay.
1: And what were some of your rotations that you did?
0: I wrote it down here. Um, I believe it was, there was a food service rotation. There was a long-term care rotation, a clinical, a school nutrition. um, And then they kind of did like a mixture of a long-term care food service, um, a school food service, and then... Like there was just, there was multiple. I I think that we did so many rotations just to kind of get your, your, your foot in each rotation. Um, Our longest one was the clinical rotation. Um, Ironically, the clinical rotation was the one that I hated the most. I said, I absolutely do not want to do clinical. That's something that I refuse to do. And I absolutely loved food service. Mm-hmm. I was one of those, as they always said, I was a unicorn. I love food service. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> Everyone's
1: always like clinical. I want to, you know, you have to work in clinical, but um, you know, it's not everybody's uh, cup of tea. And if food service management, I, you know, you get to work with food, and if you love cooking, I'm, you know, can see where that would be. Something more enjoyable, um, in the field of dietetics. So, you, after you graduated, what was your career uh, post-credential DTR?
0: So I actually, I when I, literally right after I graduated, I got a position in corrections. And um, I worked in corrections for about three years. Um, so I absolutely loved that job. I, I traveled all over the state of Ohio, um, traveling to multiple facilities. Um, I think at, at one time I had probably five facilities that I took on myself. Um, so as a diet tech, you would... Have like the facilities, and then uh, the R D would kind of just oversee all of the facilities. And if you had like a high risk patient, you would just kind of like send the, the high risk patient to the R D. They would oversee your recommendations. They would either agree with it or they'd be like, okay, um, let's let's add this to it. And then they would make their recommendations and then just go on with it um and then you would continue following them because they're actually not within that facility um you are the sole practitioner in that facility so they are outside of the facility and you are inside um they're just kind of overseeing so um I would do like full assessments. Um, I would be screening them. I would do full educations. I would even, um, depending on, you know, the nutritional status, I would do tube feeds on these patients. Um, if they had wounds, I would be making proper recommendations for them. Um, I love doing classes for them. Like I would get ten to fifteen inmates in one class, and I would do like heart healthy educations with them or diabetes education with them. Um, I would like build like built like bulletin boards and stuff like that. Um, really breaking down their nutrition, um, like for their commissary and stuff like that. Um, So they really appreciated it. Um, and it was, it was really fun. The only reason why I stopped was I became a mother and, um, just the traveling. I had one institution that was about a two hour drive there and back. So I'd have to work an eight hour day and then travel two hours there and back. So just being a mother driving, it just, it wasn't feasible for me. Um, then after I left corrections, I went into clinical (laughs) and, um, with clinical, I I'm actually back into clinical. So it's funny that like, I've, I've been in clinical for a majority of my, my career. And I, I just laugh because that was my least favorite rotation Mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm good at it. Um, and it, it, it's just, it was there, it was a job opening and it presented itself to me and I took it. And it it probably has hours
1: that are accommodating to you as a mother as well. Um, is that right?
0: It is. Um, I can wake up at four 30 in the morning and I can get home at 2:30 2.30 in the afternoon and it kind of, um, shifts mm-hmm. in between my husband. So, um, we can, you know, work between, um, you know, taking care of our child. So it works well, but, um, once again, you know, I, I have my clinical job, but I did leave clinical to work for food service management Um, because I was like, yes, I love food service. I want to do food service management because my ultimate goal was to be a food service director. But I realized that food service management was not for me. Yeah. I, um, what, what, what about it in particular?
1: (laughs) Um, was it that made you change your mind?
0: Well, it was very stressful. I, um, it was the second shift. So I was working 10 hour shifts, um, four days a week. And it just, it was so stressful. Um, just, you know, getting all the complaints from, it was more from the staff. My favorite part of the day was when I would go, when I would get to go up and talk to the patients, hearing the feedback from the patients, you know, um, And that's when I realized that I just needed to get back and, you know, be with the patients and be in patient care. Um, Yes, I love being in the kitchen and ultimately culinary nutrition will be something that um, will be in my future, you know, career path Um, because foods like being in the kitchen is you know, something that I love to do, but food service management is not where I want to be. It was just, um, you know, delegating, dealing with the complaints of the staff, um, when you are short staffed, having to, um, you know, maneuver all the X, Y's, and Z's, um, trying to get all the moving parts into the places. And, you know, it's just, it was not what I wanted to do.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Food service management I hear is, um, you know, just even speaking to chefs that run kitchens, it's, it's a lot. And it's, it, it takes a lot from you. It's, it's a lot, but, um, you know, certain people, certain people enjoy it very much. Um, but you said that you are still working in food service management now? As, no. Or,
0: no. No, I moved back into my clinical role. Okay. Um, so I went from clinical to food service back into clinical, all in the same company. So um, I learned a lot. And um, so... I'm not, I I'm very happy with the moves that I made. Mm -hmm. Um, so I can definitely take what I learned from that food service management role and, you know, really grow from it in so many aspects in my clinical role, especially when I'm going up and talking to patients. Also when I'm, you know, dealing with you know, just my, my diet tech team and stuff like, you know, putting myself in, you know, a manager's shoes, like whenever I'm dealing with a situation, like when we're having food service situations at work, um, you know, our food's cold. Why is our food cold at work? Um, You know, we're short staffed. Um, We're all hands on deck situations like that. Because typically the diet techs have to be, you know, part of the food service team when we're in clinical care as well. So, you know, I can put myself in the manager's shoes at that point because I've been there. So I can tell them, well, I understand where you are and I understand where you're coming from because I've been there. Right. So.
1: And communication as well as is- I'm sure you, there's a lot of communication skills you learned in that management position, too. Absolutely. Um, and I absolutely. know that you also are thinking of going back to school to get your bachelor's now. Can you tell me more about that?
0: Yes, absolutely. I um, actually just applied um, for an extended education. It, it's nice because the company that I work for is a university. So they pay for um, 12 credit hours. So they're gonna pay for my schooling. So that's wonderful. Um, I decided to officially start going back to school because um, if, if I want to move up once again, you need to have a bachelor's degree. Um, I do not plan on becoming a RD Um, I just want to, you know, further my education. Um, And by doing that, I just need, you know, a bachelor's degree. So I plan on getting a bachelor's in health science just because where I work at, um, the health science degree is the only one that is 100% online. Um, I commend people that can go I could commend people who can go to school in person, um, but going to school um, and working full-time, I have to go online, so.
1: Yeah, it's I totally agree with that. It's much more convenient. It works with your schedule more, especially if you have a family. Um, and there's a lot more schools that do that now especially after COVID, there's so many more options for um, second career students or non-traditional students in that way of everything being virtual, which is awesome. And that's also great that you're getting your company to it's covered with your tuition is covered through that. That's awesome. Um, and you also run a
0: business, um, Beta Care Team. You. So as if I don't do it as if I don't do enough, right?
1: I think, uh, I think a lot of nutrition professionals are always doing way too much. Um, but we take on way too much, but we always do it and execute it. Great. So, um, so tell us about beta carotene and, uh, what inspired you to begin that business?
0: So I started beta carotene in 2020 when, you know, the pandemic shut everything down. Um, I was actually still working. I was actually one of the people that actually still had to go into the office because I work in a hospital. So I'm one of those people that were, you know, mandated to go in to work. Um, but I still I wasn't seeing patients, so I was kind of bored. I needed something to do, um, but mom moms always need more support, um, and this was just something that I wanted to focus on. Um, so, gearing a nutrition based uh, business towards busy moms. Um, they're always supporting everyone else, always taking care of everyone else. But who is supporting them? Um, they're always putting their needs on the back burner. Trust me. We're, we're always just like, oh, I don't need this. I don't need this. Oh, but let me buy you this. You need this. You need, you, you know, you understand. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really wanted to be, you know, a support system for moms. Um, So when they sign up for my training, we aren't just focusing on nutrition. We are focusing on self-care and wellness, Um, making sure that they are sleeping enough, that they're drinking plenty of water, uh, that they're taking time for themselves, whether that's five minutes of just breathing in the bathroom with the door locked while the child is screaming on the other side. Because, you know, you know that that happens. It does. (laughs) But, but, you know, they're getting that, that five minutes to themselves. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that that's considered Mm self-care. But they're designating that five minutes to themselves. um, Because nutrition professionals know that stress levels play a huge role in in overall health. Um, So being that support system for people. Um, can look like that sometimes and I want to be that for them. um so what inspired this was as a mother myself, I heard that that this was a need and I wanted to provide that.
1: That's great. yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, we definitely um as um you know uh, professionals and and mothers and students. Uh, you kind of burn the candle at both ends and you can get burned out really easily. Um, so I think that's awesome that that was what inspired you to do that. Has it helped you or have there been challenges with it and in, in your
0: roles in your daily life? I definitely practice what I preach. I, you know, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to, you know, try to tell somebody to do something. If I'm not doing it as well, I am always trying to practice self-care. I'm always, um, you know, what my self-care is a 15 minute shower uninterrupted. I have been doing that since my child has been born. I that's just my personal self-care um my husband knows that when it's my shower time to leave me alone <laughs> just leave me alone yeah. let me go have my
1: shower that's a, yeah that's a that's a good one I mean it's pretty rare I feel like you get in the shower and you hear something and you're like ninja style bathing yourself real quick to get out um so that's a good one and I can see you know everyone's is different and tailored so Sure, you help people recognize what theirs would be. Um, yes, and just so, everybody
0: just needs that one thing. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's everyone's different too, and that's you know the that's the theme in nutrition. Every everyone's it's individualized. Um, and so, as a clinical DTR and owner of Beta Carotene, what's
0: a typical day for you look like? A typical day for me, I wake up at 4.30 in the morning, um, very early. (laughs) I have already set out my, my clothes and my meals have already been packed for the day. So I literally just wake up, brush my teeth, make a cup of coffee, and I let my dog out. And then I'm out the door. I'm most likely listening to an audio book or a podcast on my drive to work. And then I have to take a shuttle from um, the parking lot to my work. Um, We have to pay for our parking.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So I'm, I'm shuttled to the hospital and um, as a DTR, we have to, We're pretty short staffed um, as diet techs because unfortunately um, we are underpaid as diet techs. And so nobody wants to work (laughs) at my hospital. So um, there's just a couple of us. So we have to do, we have to, we have a shared list of patients and then we have our designated patients that we have of units so we create our shared list of patients which are just patients on unassigned units that we have to pull from um so we set those up first and then we set up our units so i um my specialty is stroke patients and then i also have inmates. so we have a inmate unit um at our hospital. so i kind of kept with my corrections. wow. Yeah. Um,
1: did they let you fill that spot because of your background in corrections?
0: um i i specifically asked for it when i came over. um And then my, I have stroke patients and then I have a step down trauma patient or trauma unit. Um, So I deal with a lot of wounds and stuff like that. Um, The trauma patients are specifically one of my favorite units. Um, So like when we do our screening process. So our screening process is we look for patients with an MST score, which is a malnutrition screening tool um, so we're looking for a, sc- uh, a score of two to four, and we would add them to our list. And then if they are sixty-five years, sixty-five or older, we add them to our list. And then if their Braden score is eighteen point five or below, we add them to our list. And then we just build our list. Um, and then we are on a food service rotation weekly, so. If it's our food service week after we build our list, we have to go to food service. And um, we're either passing trays with food service or we are um, selecting meals with our patients. So we just do meal selections or passing. And we do that for two hours. So once that two hours is done, then we go up and talk to all of our patients that we created that, that list for. Um, and then typically by that time that we go to see all those patients, um, our list is pr- typically pretty long. So we're seeing between 19 to 30 patients a day. Wow. Um, so it's a lot. Yeah. Um, wow. We need more DTRs. <laughs> Yes. And um, then it's lunchtime. And then we spend the rest of our day charting our lives away. Um, Typically during my lunch, I am either doing Facebook follow-ups for my business or like today I was working on question, like doing my answers for this podcast. Um, I'm doing a um, natural detox challenge for my clients. So I've been doing like, um, we're doing like weekly follow-ups with that. So I'm like touching base with my clients with that. A lot of times on my lunch break, I'm touching base with my clients or I'm doing, um, you know, Facebook stuff or social media stuff. I spend a lot of time because I'm actually like, you know, on the clock. So I feel like, Oh, I'm getting paid for this. (laughs) So, um, I spend like that hour break eating and doing business stuff as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I tart and then I go home and then I go pick up my son and that, that time is typically family time. I make sure that for so like the next two to three hours is family time. And then sometimes depending on what it is, I will have a couple of meetings because I'm part of um, a couple committees, I'm part of a couple of affiliate programs. So depending on the day, I have to be on some meetings, I have to go to um, some programs, so it it. Depends on the day. There's a lot of communication between me and my husband. Yeah. Um he has a calendar that I'm linked to. So <laughs> Yeah. Schedule conflicts, like I think that's awesome.
1: Um, I mean, I I write on a hard calendar and a digital calendar, and it's so
0: good to that's have- the key. That's something that I was going to talk about too. Yes. And um so we, we communicate a lot about our schedules. And one thing that is consistent every night is bath, books, and bed. Seven o'clock. My son has bath time at seven o'clock. We read books and then he's in bed. That's consistent at seven o'clock every night time. And I typically, my husband will do bath time and then I read books And I put him to bed because he will not go to bed with dad. He has to have mom put him to bed. Um, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, So um, after that, usually it's um, me and husband time or um, I will catch up with business stuff and then it's bedtime for me. And that is my day in a nutshell.
1: And that's a uh, Monday through Friday for you. Yes okay. And so what what are tips you use to manage those responsibilities and that in those roles? I mean,
0: you said um, calendar. Um, yes. yes, I got my handy dandy planner right here. Yes. I literally I have to write everything down. And once I write it down, then it goes into the digital calendar. And my digital calendar is shared to my husband so that he has it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he will still ask me on a daily basis, well, what's going on today? Because he's a man. No offense to all you men, but you know that it's true. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it just
1: takes two seconds to open it and read it. Um and it's also satisfying if you check things off of a check- Absolutely. Um Google Keep has a widget and you can put it on your phone. I've used it for years and they have checklists so you can just check physically things off the list and you can do all kinds of lists and it's just so satisfying to do that. Um, but I agree with the planner. I I use one too. I spent like an hour looking for a new one this year for 2024. I was
0: reading all reviews. Like which one one do I get? Cause it's very important. I'm so finicky about my planners and I typically never throw them away. I save all of them. I have no idea why. And a lot of times I will buy one and then I will find one that I'm, that I like again within the year, and then I have to like start all over again. Uh, oh wow, it's bad. <laughs> it's bad. I just I love planners so I, I love them so much. Yeah, there's some, this one there's uh, out there. This one I I've been consistent with. I've um I started this one in July of last year.
1: Okay, so. yeah, they do have ones that are like half year into the next half year or two, um, I guess for marketing reasons, if you need one in the middle of the year, um, yeah.
0: those work well for me, apparently, because I've been doing really well with that one so far. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with
1: that. That's a great tip and managing everything. Um, and some people even go as far as to, like scheduling hours dedicated to certain things they need to do certain tasks they need to complete, um, but you also, you were mentioning about how you were involved in affiliate um committees. So
0: like academy uh, committees, is this what you're you're talking about? I am part of several committees. Okay. Um, so I'm a part of the Academy Honors Committee. Okay. Um, so, and then I am part of the affiliate, okay. So you got the Academy Mm -hmm. and then um, because I live in Ohio, I'm part of the Ohio Academy DEI committee. And then um, because I live in Columbus, I am a membership chair of our Columbus Dietetic Association. So kind of like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of in several different affiliates. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's different levels like state,
1: national. That's awesome. Um, So national, state, and then um, local. And so what is the Academy
0: honors committee? committee?
1: Um, So the
0: honors committee is, um, they oversee all of the honors and awards. So currently, well, we just, um, Marie just had me on the NDTR Spotlight podcast, where I talked about the honors committee. Um, So we oversee the awards and honors nominations. So we meet four times a year. And um, this is like a volunteer. So you volunteer your time. And um, the nominations are open currently. And they close, when is the deadline to admit your nominations are March 1st. So they're still open. And there's several awards that you can apply and nominate. So you can nominate or be nominated for. So if you're interested in nominating. Or what are a couple of the awards? I got a list for you right okay, now. Okay, Awesome. Um, you have Distinguished Lecture Award. Excellence and Practice Awards, Honorary Membership, Honors and Awards Recipients, Inclusion, Diversity, um, Equity and Access, So Idea Promotion Award, Lifetime Achievement Award, Medallion Award, media oh my gosh, Medea, why am I saying Medea? The <laughs> great character. Meeting. <laughs> yeah, Media Ex- Excellence Award, Outstanding Nutrition and Dietetics Technician Registered Award, and President's Circle Nutrition Education Award. So that's why um, Marie brought me on to um, NDTR Spotlight, because I wanted to shine light on the Outstanding NDTR Award, because nobody... Um, was awarded that last year so were there any uh, nominations for the award or um, I don't believe that there was this is my first year on this um, committee but when I came on they were saying that you know there wasn't anybody that like was nominated for it and I was like it is my mission to make sure that somebody is nominated and awarded this this year. So I am making yeah. it known.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's crazy that there, yeah, I just don't think that there's enough um, coverage on NDTR. So hopefully, you know, this will help spread the word
0: too. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, so we actually review all the nominations. So once all of these nominations come in, we are, we are actually going to be reviewing all the nomination packets and then we will be the ones to decide the um, award winners. So like if I knew one of the diet techs that were awarded, then I would actually like that were nominating, then I would have to remove myself from, you know, that, or, you know, so. Conflict
1: of interest or, or bias. Yep. Okay.
0: And I'm okay with that.
1: If that sure. happens.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If that happens, I would be okay with that. Right. <laughs> exactly. It's cause you're ethical. So, yeah. um, and I hope that, that, that happens actually, because I I'm like rooting on everybody like, yeah. apply, apply. Yeah.
1: Where do, where can people go to nominate, um, and apply for the awards?
0: Um, you can actually go to eatright.org um, and it's just the National Honors and Awards page. So you can, if you literally just Google eatright.org honors and awards, it will pop right up, and it's right there. It tells you um, how to submit your honors nominations. Awesome. Yes.
1: And you're speaking in April at an affiliate um, conference, um, shedding light on the new scope for NDTRs and their role in leadership. Um, So what are the key points you plan to address in this conference? Which is awesome too, congrats on, on doing that. That's awesome that you're speaking about this.
0: Thank you. My, my mission really is to champion for NDTRs, um, and secure recognition for NTTRs, um, just to get the recognition that we deserve. Um, cause we really need to shed light on diet techs and, you know, what we really do, um, what we're capable of. Um, that's, that's why I'm out here doing what I'm doing. Um, you would be surprised how many registered dietitians that I, I meet that have no idea what a diet tech is.
1: Yeah. Anyway, yeah. And like, I, what? <laughs> right. And I'm I know like, there's a lot of students that are, don't know either. And I feel like they should. So
0: I'm like, but you're a dietitian. I thought that they teach you what a diet tech is. I'm like, I'm literally built to help you. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm like, what do you mean? You don't know what I am. So, um, the key points of my, my speech is to understand what a diet tech is and what our credentials are, um, our evolving scope of practice. Um, the, the role in leadership, the leadership opportunities and the benefits of diet techs, and then the challenges that we face in leadership. And then I have reached out to um, a couple of diet techs and um, I have their success stories in leadership as well. And I'm actually taking this speech and I'm going to turn it into a proposal for Fency for 2025. Awesome. So I'm hoping to say that this will be presented in fancy in twenty twenty five in Nashville. so fingers crossed
1: very cool um, that that's awesome. yeah, I wish you good luck on that. That's so cool. I didn't I also didn't know it was going to be in Nashville so um, um what so to close this out um, what advice do you have for second career students or individuals that are non-traditional students um, returning to school, especially those that have or may
0: have families? Well, I know that when I first like went back to school, I was working two jobs and I was going and and I was going to school full time. And I thought that I was, and I felt, and I thought that I was crazy. But like I managed, and I did this, and like the biggest thing was time management and being organized. Yeah. And I mean that that's what my biggest advice is: yeah. figuring out how to organize yourself and how to manage your time you know um, if obviously or i'm a, i'm a assume that you're going to be working um and if and i'm you got to figure out your your time slots with your works and then your time slot with your schedule with your schooling and write it down get yourself a planner buy yourself a planner on your cell phone you know get one of them fancy ones don't just use your your google um calendar know giving them, them fancy ones that tell you <laughs> what your classes and you know you gotta give them, them fancy ones yeah yeah
1: <laughs> that's great um yeah I agree with that time management and also just helps I mean not everyone can can do that but helps if your job
0: is you know flexible
1: um absolutely
0: sit down and talk to your manager um Tell yeah. them, you know, what your goals are and, you know, be straight up with them. Um, and it I'm, may turn into
1: an opportunity for, um, you know, tuition reimbursement or
0: something. Absolutely. I'm, I'm lucky that like, you know, I, I work for a university and they're, they're like, yeah, go to school. We're, we'll work with you no matter what. And I'm like, thank you. And I know that not everybody's like that, but you know, as long as you're open with your employer, talk to them, tell them what your goals are, um, you know, be upfront with them and communication, communication is going to be a big one. Um, I know that as a man, like as a former manager, that was one of my biggest things was just communicate with me. Um, And that was one of that's what made me the happiest. As long as you communicate with me, I'm gonna work with you, so.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Do you have anything else you would like to add
0: to today? No, I think we covered my entire life today.
1: Awesome. (laughs) Well, I I think that this will be really good for um, a majority of our audience and um, I definitely, uh, fill a lot of parallels with your your life and mine, and just um, you know, mother, student, career changes. Um, so I think that this will be great for other students in our shoes.
0: Did we just become best friends? Maybe. <laughs> What's
1: your sign?
0: I'm a Gemini.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Leo um oh uh oh maybe not (laughs) that's so great um all right well thank you for being on the podcast and um thanks for chatting with us
0: all right thank you for having me